So what's your problem? It's kind of an odd way to start the new year, but it's fun to say. You know, what's your problem? What's your problem? And here's why that's such a timely question. Because in the new year, we often come up with New Year's resolutions. Nothing wrong with that. It's a natural, normal thing in our rhythm as human beings looking for a new start. But here's something that I've discovered. That almost all New Year's resolutions, at least all the ones that I can think about, that people typically do, they, they come up with these New Year's resolutions to address a problem, to fix, alleviate, or make a problem they're facing at least somewhat better. And so here we are after the holidays, and you're staring at that issue, that problem, that thing that you knew was a thing maybe before the holidays, but you kind of put it on hold and say, we'll talk about that later, January. I'll do that in January. Now the holidays, we'll discuss that in January. I'll worry about that in January. Well, here we are after the holidays, or maybe it's something new and before the holidays it didn't exist and now it does. So what's your problem? You're like, I just get one? <laughs> I got lots of problems. Okay, great. What's your most pressing problems right now? I don't think you're gonna have any problem identifying what your problem is. But I made a list. I made a list because I like lists. My mind works in lists. And so maybe this will, if you're having trouble pinpointing, maybe it's family problems. More specifically, marriage problems. Or child and parenting problems. Which means your child is a problem. Perhaps it's friendship problems or lack thereof or dating problems or single person problems. Maybe it's health problems. Could it be that the problem you're facing is a grief and grieving problem because you lost someone that you dearly love in 2022? Or maybe your problems are with your job or lack thereof, which means you have money problems, financial problems. Maybe your problems are about life direction and a decision that you need to make or a choice that you know that you're gonna have to settle in on and you just don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, so it's a problem. Or depression, anxiety, maybe it's an addiction that you're dealing with. Could it be that your problem that you're facing has to do with something in the past that now creeped up into your present and you're having to deal with it even though it was a long, long, long time ago? Or maybe your problems stem from how you view the future and you're so worried and you're so paralyzed with fear because of what may happen, what could happen, what you think happened is gonna happen even though it hasn't happened yet. Or maybe you have a problem with God and your problem's more spiritual, you would say, I have a problem with the Almighty himself. Regardless of what your problem is, you need to know that that's why we're doing this series. Not to fix all your problems, but so we can talk about our problems, to so bring all those problems to this topic, to this series, 
We're not going to talk about a specific problem, but how we navigate all of these problems now in something to keep in mind for the future. But when it comes to problems, you need to know that everybody's got them. It's not just you. No one is exempt. It's not just you. Here's some good news. Nothing's necessarily wrong when things go wrong. You're like, well, I don't understand what you're saying. No, just think, think with me. What this means is nothing's necessarily wrong when things in your life start going wrong. It's not just you. I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. And why? And when you start freaking out, you know, look around, look around. You ain't the only one. You got problems and sometimes your problems are because of other people in your life. It's because of what they've done or not done, what they've said or not said. But guess what? You're not the only person who's got problems because of other people in their life. Look around. Sometimes, and more often than we like to admit, our problems come from ourselves, things we do or don't do, unwise decisions we make. But guess what? You're not the only dummy out there. I'm not the only dummy out there. We're not the only people who make unwise choices. We look around like, I shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have said that. Man, I learned my lesson and man, I've got to deal with it. Sometimes your problems will stem from just life happening. Stuff breaks. Things happen. People get sick. But if you stop and look around, you'll realize, I'm not the only one where stuff breaks. I'm not the only one where things just happen. And it is true that evil is present in this world and there is an evil one and Satan has an agenda. But it ain't just you. He's not just picking on you. That's why to compare your problems with other people's problems is pointless. To compare is unfair and gets you nowhere. Learn that. Get that. And I tell myself that often. To compare is unfair and gets you nowhere. It's unfair to you. It's unfair to them. It's just unfair. Because here's the deal. When it comes to problems, your problems are big to you and their problems are big to them. Everybody's problems are big to them. And I know that you and I look at other people's problems and we go, Haha, I'd love to have her problems. Oh, if he thinks that's a problem, sign me up for that. I'd love to have their problems. We all assume that other people's problems are not nearly as problematic as our own. And we don't even define problems the same way. What's a problem to some person is not a problem to another per person, right? E even in culture, there's first world problems and third world problems. And depending upon where you're born in the world and what culture you're a part of will define how you see problems to begin with. We all know that's true. But here's the truth. If you're alive and sucking oxygen, you got problems. It's not just you. It's a reality of humanity. And listen very carefully. That means you are not a victim just because you have problems. Many scholars and theologians believe that the oldest book in the entire Bible oldest being the one that was written earliest and predates all the other ones, is actually not the first one in the list in the Old Testament. Uh, the first one in the list is the book of Genesis because the Genesis, it talks about beginnings, the beginnings of the universe, the beginnings of things, and so that's why it's first in the list. But actually many scholars and theologians believe that 
the book of Job predates all the other ones. It's the oldest, which means it's the first one that's written. And do you know what the book of Job is about? Problems. Job's problems. You're talking about a guy that had problems. Job had them. Lots of them. Much more so than you and me even. And here's what Job said. Isn't it interesting that, that the oldest book of the Bible is about problems? Here's what Job said. Mortals born of woman are a few days and full of trouble. Mortals, that's us. Born of woman, that's all of us. Nobody got here that doesn't fit into that category. Okay? Mortals born of woman, that's all of us. Few days, life is short, and they're full of trouble. The man, what a pessimist. No, he's just looking at life and saying, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm experiencing. Jesus picked right up on that, actually, and said something very similar to his followers. Towards the end of his time on earth, Jesus looked to his followers and said, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Here on this earth, it's going to happen. Don't be surprised. Don't feel like a victim. On this earth, you're going to have many, not just some, not just here and there, many trials and sorrows. Now, the good news is he says, take heart because I've overcome the world. And we'll get to that part a little bit later on in the series. Because it is true, make no mistake, that in the big picture, in the end of all things, Jesus will return and make all things new. We call it heaven, and we ain't there yet. Look around. Just look in the mirror. Look in your own life. You realize, no. Till then, Jesus said, here on this earth, till then, till I overcome the world, you will have many trials and sorrows. Life is pretty much, my life, your life, going to be about problem management just the way it is. Here's something else I find fascinating. Just like the first book in the entire Bible predates all the others, most likely Job, a book about problems. The earliest part of the New Testament, the, the first book written that predates all the other ones in the New Testament is not the first one in the list, which is Matthew. It's actually James. James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote the book of James. It's the first first. And the first topic in the first book written to the first group of Christians in that very first church in the first century. And I know that's a lot of firsts, but that's significant. What's the first topic? What, what did he talk about? What did he come out of the gate with? You would think it would make sense if James started off with, how about my big brother? What about the resurrection gang? You know, and it was like, woo, you know, that would have been great. It wasn't. Watch how James, first, first topic. Dear brothers and sisters, when, not if, but when troubles of any kind come your way, it's going to happen. When? Count on it. Just wait. It, it's happening. It, it, don't be surprised. You're not a victim. I'm not the only one. When troubles of any kind come your way. Now, here's, here's, here's a nice little bit of hope. We'll talk about this a little bit later. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Like, I don't get that. We'll, we'll get that. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. In other words, something's cooking, something's up. But for now, you just know when, when troubles, when problems come your way. Now, at this point, you're thinking, this is the most depressing church service I've ever been to in my whole life. I am done. I am ready. I am out of here. I ain't coming back. No, no, no. I just wanted to make sure we got on the same page. And I think we're there. You got problems. 
You got lots of problems, but you're not the only one. Here's why it's so important to start there. Because we assume, look at this, we expect that the more we follow Jesus, that our problems will be fewer and less severe. Don't we? You may have not ever come out and said that, but that's just what you assume. Whether you realize it or not, we just think, okay, following Jesus is good. Getting close to God is good. And so good things should happen to people that are doing good. And bad things should happen to people that are doing bad. And when you're doing dumb stuff and unwise things, of course. But if, if right, and so, yeah. So if I follow Jesus, then I should have fewer problems. Or at least when they happen, they should be less severe. I don't know if a pastor told you that at some point or you learned that in a church setting at some point in the past, but it is a false assumption. It is not true. Jesus never said anything like that. He did not promise that. Some of you are like, oh, dang, well, there goes one of my resolutions because I'm here getting back in church, getting my Jesus, Right, I'm tuning in online, checking you guys out first from afar to make sure you're not freaks. Well, most of us aren't. I'm not. But the reason I made the resolution to get into church and to tune in online and to give this thing a shot because I'm thinking, man, this will help my 2023. I should have fewer problems and things should go better in 2023 if if I get in church than, than they did in 2022. Well, here's the deal. There are many things that will be better and there are many good reasons and there are many positives for following Jesus, getting in church and making making this a priority in your life. But it's not so that you will have fewer problems. That was never what was promised. It'll help you deal with them better, but it doesn't eliminate them. In fact, let me go one step further and we'll talk about this a little bit later, maybe in a different series, but I just want to let you know, it is possible that following Jesus may make some things in your life worse. It's called, and most of us know very little about this in our culture. Be grateful for it and then make this pray. Make this make you want to pray for your brothers and sisters in the world. It's called persecution. There are people, because they follow Jesus, their life is more painful and harder. Most of us know very little about what that really is. What do you tell those people? Hey, follow Jesus and you'll be more successful. Follow Jesus. And oh, yeah. Really? Now I have a target on my back. And Jesus told his followers, they hated me. Don't be surprised if and when they hate you. Okay, so we're all there. Let's talk about what to do with it. Maybe how to shift the perspective. So we got problems. Don't be surprised. You're not a victim. But what's up with them? What's going on then with this problem, this this world of problems? In order to get us there, I want want to take you back to the first century. And we're going to talk about a a guy that we talk about a lot. And, And we talk about Paul, the apostle Paul, a lot. And the reason we talk about Paul a lot is because God used Paul through the inspiration of his spirit to write over half, the majority, or at least the majority. I'm not quite sure if it's over half, but it, the majority of the New Testament. More than any other author, God used Paul. So we talk about Paul a lot. He's, his name comes up a lot. And what he thought and what he wrote and why comes up a lot. And we discover that in the New Testament, Paul had lots of problems, but there was this one specific problem that was really a, a problem for him. And we're not quite sure what it was. We're not quite sure 
what was going on. He doesn't tell us, and that's not the point. And I think part of the beauty of it is that he doesn't tell us what it is. So it allows us to insert our own problems in this context. But we're told that it's kind of Paul's thorn in his flesh, thorn in his side. And it was an issue, and he asked God to take it away. Watch what happened. Three times Paul said, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Sound familiar? You got issues that you're like, man, I don't even know how to pray all that much. I'm just like, God, what's this? Take this away. God, please stop this. God, please make this better. God, please fix this. He says, yeah, that, that's one of the reasons I'm here. I figured if I'd ask in church, maybe that would help. Yeah, I've been asking not just three times. I've been asking for three weeks. I've been asking for three months. I've been asking for 30 years. Watch. Paul said, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And if you're like Paul and I'm like Paul, and I think we're all very similar in this way, we're going, that's not what I wanted. I didn't ask for grace. You can keep the grace. I, I want the problem fixed. Please. I, I didn't ask for grace. God said, nah, I'm not going to remove the problem. I see your problem. I care about your problem. I care about what you're going through. But I have a different agenda here. And it's not simply problem removal. I want to do something great through it and with it. Which helps us understand the truth that we want God to keep us from our problems. I do, you do, we all do. But God most often delivers us through our problems. We want God to keep us from it. God's agenda is that he works through our problems and delivers us through our problems. I want God to deliver me from and take it away, take it away, take it away. And God's like with Paul and some of you know this and maybe the light will come on and you're like, okay, I get it. I understand a little bit more about what I'm experiencing then. God's agenda is something that happens through our problems. Now listen very carefully. God can and does keep us from certain problems and can deliver us from certain problems and take certain things completely away. God can, and he does that. God can do anything. In fact, God keeps us from more than we possibly can imagine. You have no idea the problems you don't have because God behind the scenes is saving your butt from things you don't even know God's saving your butt from. You have no idea, and I have no idea the things that God is doing behind the scenes to save us from. So certainly God does do that. But more times than not, when it comes to problems that you and I face, like the problems you have right now, God's agenda is to deliver us, and he will deliver us, but through it. So if you're in it, the way out of it is through it. Let me say that again. Whatever your problem is, and you know what your problem is, so since you're in this problem, just go ahead and consider that the way out of it is through it. The way out of it is through it. See, that perspective alone helps so much. And it's really nothing new. That's the way God has been working with humans all throughout human history. It's just God's pattern. Now, I don't like it. You don't like it. But that doesn't change it. See, we want God to take us from. God's like, ah, 
We're going to do this through. I'm going to deliver you, but I'm going to deliver you through it. And maybe you're thinking, well, what's the point then? What's the point? What's the point of following Jesus if I got problems? Right, so you only came to Jesus so that your life would get better? Wait, what's this about? Is this about me and you? Just, is this just about so our life gets better? Oh, yeah, yeah, the only, yeah. I mean, what's the deal? If I'm still going to have problems in my business, if I'm still going to have problems with my health, if I'm still going to have problems in relationships, if I'm still going to face issues in life, then why the heck bother? Wow, that's the mighty selfish perspective as humans have. When it's just all about our comfort, making things easier and better for us. I'll tell you what the point is. The point is not just the removal of problems. The point is about finding purpose and meaning in God's bigger agenda. Not just the elimination of problems, but transformation through our problems. See, what I want is to be, <laughs> for my problems to be eliminated. And then to say, see, God took my problem the way God did that. God fixed that. And you know what? God does things like that from time to time. But more often than not, God doesn't eliminate my problems. God seeks to transform me through the experience of my problems. I want elimination. You want elimination. God, he's focused on transformation because a much bigger agenda. And the reason I struggle with that and the reason you struggle with that is that we assume that problems, whatever our problems are, are actually an obstacle getting in our way of what we want, of what God wants, of what we all desire, right? They're in the way. If I just didn't have this problem, if I just didn't have this, then my business, if I just didn't have this, then my health and I could do this. It's like we think that problems are obstacles and they're in the way. I want you to consider something. I want you to consider that your problems, whatever they are, are not in the way. They're just on the way. They're just on the way to where God really wants to take you. They're just on the way for what God really wants to do in your life. They're just on the way for what God wants to accomplish through your problems. They're not obstacles in the way. When you see a problem as an obstacle, then your whole focus is get it out, get it, take it away, fix it, remove it. And you miss the beauty of what God wants to do through your problems. So stop seeing them as obstacles. They're problems, yes. No, we don't like them. We can't wait until it's behind us. But the way out of this is through it. And so this is not really in the way, it's on the way. And, and I know right now you are just wrestling with a resounding, but why? Why then? Why is this happening to me? Why did God let this happen? Why did God cause this? Why did God allow this? Why did God let this? All of the why questions. It's a very normal thing to ask. Why? Why did God not keep me from this? Why do I have to go through this? Why me? Why now? I can't answer that question for you. I don't know anyone who can honestly answer that question for you. Here's why. God doesn't tell us the specifics of how to answer that question. But I can tell you this. Why is actually a good thing to ask. Not just human. It's actually a good thing to ask. And next week, we'll talk about the why. 
We'll get there. But for today, right now, here's what you already know is true because you've lived enough life to figure this out with your problems. You've already lived long enough to figure this out that the best things often come through the worst things. You know this, don't you? That the best things in life often come not with the elimination of the worst things, but actually through the experience of the very things that you wish you hadn't had to go through to begin with. Through the best things. You know it because you say things like this all the time. You look at certain blessings in your life and you say, listen, I would have never had this. I would have never known this. I would have never experienced this had I not gone through this. There are certain people in your life that are in your life right now that you, you look at them and you say things like, you know what? I'd have never met her. I'd have never met him. I would have never had them. They would have never been in my life. I would have never had this friendship had I not had to go through this. I would have never learned this. I would have never known this. See, we know that the best things often come through the worst things, pain, difficulty, even tragedy. In fact, let me take it one step further. Not just one step, let me take it all the way. The greatest thing that has ever happened in the universe, the greatest moment in history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and all that brings and all that changes for eternity, the best moment in history. There will never be a greater moment in history. It all comes back to the resurrection. And that's the greatest thing that ever happened. And you know why that happened? Because of the greatest tragedy that the world had ever seen. Three days earlier, the crucifixion and the death of a absolutely and completely perfect son of God. It's the worst thing that's ever happened in the world. Perfect. Look what happened to Jesus. Look at the problems Jesus had. And Jesus was perfect. Why do we expect to experience what Jesus himself didn't experience? The worst thing just gave birth to the best thing that could ever happen. And it did. That gives me hope. That gives us hope. And here's why. This gives us hope. It lets us know we're not alone. I'm not alone. You're not alone. We're all in this together. I mean, if you spend time reading your Bible, you're going to realize, heck, I'm in good company. Look what happened to him. <laughs> Look what happened to her. Look what happened to them. Look at that. Oh, wow. Ooh, that was bad. Ooh, well, I'm not the only one. And look around. Watch the first five minutes of the news. I mean, if, I mean it's wintertime, so we're talking about, you know, if we can see a flurry, that's always lead because we're in the South, right? We're going to start shutting things down because in three weeks, that. Once you get past that, ain't we funny? Once you get past that, and you just watch the first part of the news and then go, wow, look at all the problems. 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 It ain't just me. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. That right there, you could see that as how depressing. Or you could say, wait, I can take hope in that, which means nothing's necessarily wrong because things are going wrong. The bigger picture here, then I'm a part of something so much bigger and it ain't over yet. We're not alone. In fact, Jesus kind of paves the way for us. But here, here's the other reason this brings us hope. Through means temporary. 
See, we want God to remove all these things and, and keep us from God. Like, no, just like Paul, I want to do something through this, Paul, because this has brought you to a point of weakness and I want to show you my strength through this. I want to do something through and in you. Through always means temporary. That's the word through. That means you're going to go through it. There will be an other side. There will be an ending. You're like, great, when? I don't know. But through always means temporary. I don't know what you're facing, but through means temporary. And God's going to do something great through this. Best things often come through the worst things. And through means temporary. And that is hope. I mean, right now, just take a moment and look in your life's rearview mirror at all the things that you've already come through. Come on, you know this. Just stop and make yourself think about it. Look at all the things that you've survived already that in that moment you swore, you could have just swore, this is gonna take me out, I'll never make it, I'll never survive this, this is it, this is the end. And look, you made it, here you are. Yeah, you got some scars, you got some battle wounds, you got some stories to tell, but here you are. And you're going, but barely, but here you are. Look what you've already made it through. You know through means temporary. And I don't know what you're facing now, but I can promise you that it ain't over. I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen anyway? Like, what's the worst? How bad could this really get? What, it kill you? It take you out? Hey, listen, may I remind you, because of Jesus and through trust and faith in Jesus, we are people of the resurrection. We are people of new and eternal life. That's what we believe. That's where our hope is. So even the worst thing is not the worst thing. I mean, if you were to talk to Paul now and say, hey, Paul, um, let's talk about this issue, this problem. He's going to be like, what problem? I got no problems. I had breakfast with Jesus this morning. We had apple fritters. Okay, I made that part up, but I mean, why wouldn't Jesus eat apple fritters? I mean, I like it. Anyway, Paul's like, I don't have any problems. Through means temporary. We got to broaden our perspective. I know, I know what you want, what I want, what we all want. It's just a happy ending, right? There's no way to spiritualize it. That's what we want. And you look at your life with all your problems and you go, it ain't trending happy. It ain't trending happy. Not my job, not my family, not these relationships, not my finances, not my health. It ain't trending happy. Well, here's the deal. It ain't the end either. Because and through Jesus, let me tell you right now, there will be a happy ending, happier than you can imagine. We just ain't at the end yet. We just ain't at the end yet. And when we get to the end, I mean the big end, the end that really is the end. I'm not talking about next Thursday necessarily, but the end, none of us are gonna complain. None of us are gonna be like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. We need to talk about how you did this. No, no. We will all be unified with the resounding, he has done all things well. Yes. We want a happy ending. Well, it ain't over yet. And even the end of this life, because of Jesus, ain't the end. But what we need, even though I want a happy ending and you want a happy ending, what we need is a purposeful journey. Because in the end, what brings fulfillment is not how problem-free your life was, but how 
purposeful it was. Purpose brings fulfillment. That's why it's called overcoming, enduring to the end. And Jesus said, that's what I can make possible for you. Through, through. So what's your problem? I don't know what your problem is. I know you know it, and I can promise you your heavenly father knows it. The most pressing thing going on in your life, and I can promise you, based upon his promises, he intends on doing great things through whatever it is you say your problem is right now. Say, but I got all kinds of questions. I know me too, and we'll get to those. We'll talk about those. There's a reason for those. But for now, Stop thinking, just get me away from this and take this away and take this away. Even though God can and God might, he might. I I don't know, it's it's okay. If if he doesn't, because God's primary focus seems to be through, 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 he will deliver us through. Let me pray for us. I know we need it. Father, I need this. I don't like this, but I need this. And I I don't know, we got so many problems represented here. So many problems, not just in the world, but in our world. That brings up all kinds of questions of why and how and when and what's up. The Father, help us to broaden our perspective and change our mindset to understanding that in the end, You will deliver us. But most often you do that through the very things we wish we would have been kept from. And we don't understand the why. And we don't know the details. We just know we're hurting. We just know we have all these problems and we bring them to you. And we submit ourselves. Father, help me, help us to submit ourselves to the process of the journey of what you're doing through the problems. We can't wait to be behind us. And may we have hope that we're not alone. And it's not the end. So it makes us even more long for heaven and long for you and long for what you've promised. So may our trust grow in Jesus' name. Amen.